Happy Mother's Day, everybody. We're so glad you guys are here, especially to all you mothers and maybe even mothers-to-be. Uh, why don't you guys gather in, and we're going to get worshiping our God. We are so glad you guys have decided to spend your Sunday morning, your Mother's Day morning, with us. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started. Then we have a child dedication and some uh, a wonderful message. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get started.
tradition break down the walls of all my religion your way is better your way is better shake up the ground of all my tradition break down the walls of all my religion your way is better Surrender. This is my 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 sur
Good morning. My name is Mark Klepsig, and I wanted to welcome everybody here this morning. So glad you joined us. Um, uh, we have a special gift for you guys if you're a guest here this morning. It's a book that's called How Good is Good Enough that's available on the resource table over to my left. So if you're a guest, please pick one of those up for you or for a family member or friend. That's our gift. And we would really love for everyone here to fill out a communication card. That's how we know what's new with you, any uh, prayer requests that we can be lifting up on your behalf. We can celebrate together of praises. If you've told us about something in the past we've prayed about, we'd love to know how that's going. Um, so please uh, fill out the connection card. If you are a member, just fill out whatever portion makes sense um, to you, any new updated summer uh, contact information, that type of thing. If you're a guest, just fill out whatever is comfortable for you to share with us. Uh, if you'd like to support us today financially, you're welcome to give in the bucket. Uh, that's over on the resource table as well. Uh, or you can give online. Um, and we would really appreciate if you return the pens and, and any part of the program that you're not going to use. We'll recycle that appropriately. Um, I do have one more announcement, and while I give that, um, I want to ask the bombs to be coming up because we're going to be doing a baby dedication. So that announcement uh, is a members meeting. So in two weeks, on Sunday, May 22nd, here in the Alhambra from 2 to 3.30 p.m., we have a members meeting, and that's just a time for members to receive an informational update and um, to hear about the vision and direction of the church from the board of directors. So looking forward to that. Okay, so now no one's going to be looking or paying attention to anything I say because <laughs> she's so beautiful and cute. She looks like she might pay attention. Okay, all right. You want to take the mic? Uh, to, to that end, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and your daughter? Uh, my name is Robert Baum. And I'm Sydney. And this is our daughter, Hazel. Well, the bombs are going to be uh, dedicating their daughter to God and themselves to really raising her in an atmosphere of love um, where it's going to make sense for her and give her the best chance to, to follow God and to love him. And to do that, uh, we want to frame that with just some key foundational scriptures. So first, let's look at Luke 2, 22 through 23. Uh, really, Joseph and Mary set an example when they brought Jesus to have him uh, dedicate and present him to the Lord in Jerusalem. It says, when the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him, being Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. And then next, um, in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, it's an admonition to love God. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on, upon your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So really, um, that passage indicates one of the best ways to sustain a deep love for God is really to permeate our homes with the scriptures, with God's way of living. So whether from morning till night, when we're out and about, when we're at home, just the scriptures are really to be our guide. And then Paul had some things to say in the New Testament as well. In Ephesians 6, uh, verses 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. That's a good favorite parent 
saying right there. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So really, if we want our kids to have a good life, one of the key things they need to know is how to follow leadership. We all have bosses and other leaders in every area of our lives. And the real first laboratory to learn that is in the home. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So Robert, unfortunately, we as dads have a special ability to push our kids' buttons uh, and uh, sometimes take some sadistic joy in that. And, and the, the admonition there is to turn that around, that natural tendency, and really intentionally teach them how to follow God. And the best ways to do that is as we as parents follow God. So we're going to make that commitment now, and I will uh, say uh, a phrase and then ask you guys to repeat after me. So here we go. I recognize that my child belongs to God. I recognize that my child belongs to God. The Lord has first claim on her life. The Lord has first claim on your life. I dedicate Hazel to the Lord. I dedicate Hazel to the Lord. I commit myself to bring her up. In the training and instruction of the Lord. And for this, I ask the power of God. For this, I ask the power of God. All right. Let's pray. Um, we're really, before I pray, we're going to be um, praying for this family, but also for us, because it's impossible to do that in isolation. We really need to uh, do that as a community. So we are also committing to this family that we will be alongside them. So now let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Robert and Sydney and for how Nolan and Hazel really have an incredible opportunity to feel your love in the home, to know that uh, life's problems and issues can be solved just by following your word and by turning to you and the resources you provide. Father, we pray for them as they uh, will need your strength to just continually have that perspective. We pray for Hazel that she will one day uh, turn to you and give her life to you. And God, we pray for us uh, as her community that we will really be supportive and encouraging of that and really be lights that help point her towards you. Father, we pray for uh, Jeep and for each of us as we prepare our hearts for the message that he's about to bring, just that you would help us to really hear what you have to say and put it into practice. It's in Jesus' name we say, we pray, amen. We have one more song uh, as, and then Jeep will come and give us the message. Thank you. Just stand with us as we sing. The song is a blessing to each other. So as it's Mother's Day, um, would you just sing these, let these blessings wash over you. Sing this out to one another. Um, sing this out to the children and to those who we want to honor and we want to love in each other.
generation, your family, and your children, and their children, and their children. Thank you for today, um, for all the mothers that we get to celebrate, um, and just pray that this would be a day that um, all of them feel so loved and so celebrated, because we're so grateful for all of the amazing mothers that we have. Um, pray for Jeep and the message that he's about to speak to us, that we'll hear it and apply it in our lives. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks, Pam. <clears throat> well, good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's always kind of shocking when I hear my voice amplified. I don't know why. Um, I wish I could have had that more when my kids were growing up. I could give their attention better. But I'm just, just really glad you guys are all here today. And I, my name is Jeep Underwood. And I'm really just, just really glad that I have the opportunity to share some things with you guys this morning. <clears throat> now, today is kind of a special day, as we've been saying, not just because there's muffins. And... Uh, you know, muffins, it's not, you have, you can have a muffin as long as you have a mother. Okay, so just so you, muffins for moms, just wanted to let you know. <clears throat> but, you know, today's a day we set aside for honoring your mother. And, you know, honoring your parents is a big deal with God. We just saw that in uh, a passage that, uh, that uh, Mark just read. Now, you know, you know when, you're, 
you don't really understand. You know, when you have your own kids, when you grow up and you have your own kids, you begin to understand what your mom actually did for you. Uh, I had a front row seat to what Kate did for our kids, and I'll tell you, it was a lot. And, you know, really there's this investment and this uh, dedication that moms have, and it's a debt that we owe them. And it's actually, it's a debt we can't pay, but the only way you can actually contribute to that debt is really to honor them and to really appreciate them. And I would just encourage each one of us, if you're able to, to, uh, to connect with your mom sometime today or sometime this week and just let her know how much you appreciate her investment in you. Uh, I think that would, that would uh, make God smile and to make your mom smile. Um, so one thing, so I want to kind of do a I'll segue now. We're, today we're talking about finding your way. And one thing our moms really wanted to do was to help us find our way in life. And, <clears throat> you know, as we get older and we get older, we grow up a little bit, this question of how we find our way starts to come to the forefront of our thinking. We start actually trying to figure out how to find our way. And we start out in life, it's kind of like we're standing on the seashore looking out across the ocean. And it's like this great undiscovered land of possibilities. It's the undiscovered country in front of us. But the thing about possibilities is that they have kind of an unknown side of them that gets kind of scary. So you, you, like, you look out into the future and you look at paths that you could choose. Uh, you look at uh, choices you can make, possible outcomes of those choices. Uh, you start to think, what am I going to face in the future? You look around the people around you and you see choices they make and you see the way it winds up for them and, and you realize, hey, there's a, there's a way you could actually kind of mess up with this. And so you, you, start, you start thinking through, how can I find my way through this future of possibilities? We're going to talk about that today. Another thing that kind of compounds this is that we all start out in life with kind of a just being kind of naive, you know, uh, on how life really works. I know that's really true with me. You know, when I was, uh, when I was younger, uh, my kids have a hard time believing that actually occurred, but when I was younger, you know, I kind of had this idea that, you know, life, life is really not that complicated. You know, it, you just kind of do what seems right at the time in the moment, and then everything just kind of works out. That's kind of, I think I've, I were to frame the way I was thinking back then, That'd be kind of it. And then I, then I actually lived some life. And I started making some choices. And I started having some outcomes of choices. And, and I began to find out that everything doesn't just kind of work out. And I began to find out that a lot of things that didn't work out was because I did what seemed right in the moment. <laughs> and I started seeing a connection there. And then it began to sink into me that life is really complicated. It's a lot more complicated than I thought. And so that, that's, in a, that's a, a dawning awareness, I think, that happens as we get older. And I began to see my huge need for guidance. I began to see my huge need for guidance. But where could I get the kind of guidance I needed? You know, that's kind of the, the question as you're trying to figure things out on the front end. So I think that is why I resonate with one of my favorite TV characters right now. Uh, the TV show, uh, The Mandalorian. I don't know, anybody here like The Mandalorian? I personally, I'm a Star Wars fan. It's like, they've captured it again, the magic. I love this show. And so what I'm going to do, so those of you that know The Mandalorian, enjoy the next two minutes. It's, a, it's kind of a recap of season one. If you've never seen The Mandalorian, this will kind of clue in like what the show's about and, and what they're doing. So I'm going to, we're going to go ahead and play a clip right now of The Mandalorian. And so watch this and I'll come back.
What's your highest bounty? There is one, General. They said he's 50 years old. The commission was quite specific. He had that much youth. Terminated. was not unwarranted. Any idea what they're gonna do with it? Mando! Put the package down. The kids are coming with me. How many of them have tracking fobs? All of them. All of them! Keep coming. Traveling with me. That's no life for a kid. You are a class, too. This is the way. You have something I want. It means more to me than you will ever know. I'm ready for season three. I don't know about you guys. Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a phrase. There's a phrase in there. That's, you only hear it once in that clip, but it's really the heartbeat of the show. And that phrase is, this is the way. This is the way. There's the Mandalorian creed. So they have like this way that they do life. There's several Mandalorians. This guy they kind of call Mando. Uh, but Mando, he, he, he gets into situations and he makes decisions. He figures out what he's going to do. And he references it. You hear it over and over again. He goes, this is the way. And there's other Mandalorians around him. They go, this is the way. This is the way. And everyone's kind of like in concurrence, like this is the way. And he makes decisions. Now, I don't know if you've ever found a baby Yoda. <laughs> you know, uh, I haven't. But I feel like I have an idea of what I would do <laughs> if I find a baby Yoda. <laughs> because I've watched this. This is the way. Now, Mando, when he, when he connects with the baby, he asks his leader, what he should do, and she goes, he's a foundling, you know, he's a little kid, says, you have to return him to his kind, but until you do, you have to take care of him and act as his father, this is the way, and so that's what this is, season one and two is him working that out, so if you haven't seen that, I encourage you to watch that show, it's really good, um, wouldn't it be great if real life was like that, like you just kind of go, well, I got to decide this, this is the way, you just, and you just knew like what the way was. And every time you came to a decision point, when you said this is the way, it actually had some real content and it had uh, some real direction in it. And that would just be great. Now, I want to tell you just a quick story, kind of stepping away from that for just a second. You know, I don't, how many of you guys, you know, being in Southern California, probably quite a few, but how many of you remember as a kid going to the beach with your family and just playing in the waves? 
I mean, honestly, I grew up in Northern California in the high Sierras up in the mountains, but we still, we went to the beach enough times where I really have a lot of memories of being on the beach. And I remember, I remember this one time I was on the beach and I was, I was about eight or nine years old. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I was kind of a, a wee lad. And I remember you're out there, you're playing in the, you know, you just love, you know, you, you go out and you chase the wave and it comes back and you walk out. You're kind of scared of things. And then you start getting more brave and you start going out a little deeper. And then a wave comes in and you go, okay, that was too deep. And then you come back and then finally you get some, you get some bravery built up. And so that's where I was at. I kind of had moved out a ways into the ocean. And then, uh, as another thing that kind of, uh, it's a real big part of this story is one thing kids are not good at is paying attention to what's happening around them. So, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but if I know me, I was probably, as the water was receding, I was just feeling the sand erode underneath my feet. And I don't know why I've always enjoyed that. And just kind of like having fun, kind of just in the moment. And then I turned around and I turned around and it was just a split second and I, and I was able to see my future as I saw this wave, much bigger than me, <laughs> just about to crash on top of me. And it was like no time to prepare. And I got hit with this wave. And all of a sudden, the water I was in got really deep. And with the wave motion, I just started swirling around and around. And I, I lost all orientation. I didn't know what up was, down was, sideways was. I just, I was just doing all kinds of stuff. And like I said, I was a little kid and I, and I'm, for the first time, I was totally out of control, but for the first time, I realized that I could be in some kind of danger here. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have time to take a breath. You know, I was just kind of like, oh, and then I'm, I'm going around. And I remember being really, really scared and trying to figure out what to do. And I, and like I said, I lost all orientation. I didn't know where up was. I, and I felt like I would like to breathe at some time in the future. And and I remember I had this, I remember just having this thought and I just put my arm out. And so on my rotation around, I had my arm out and I hit bottom. And all of a sudden when I hit bottom, then I was able to kind of orient myself. I knew where down was now and I figured up is the other direction. And so I found bottom and then I was able to orient my body in such a way where I could uh, utilize that information. And then I just stood up and all of a sudden it wasn't scary anymore. You know, I stood up. And, you know, it was still fairly deep water because the wave hadn't receded, but I'm kind of, okay. And I started walking out onto the beach. Um, like, thanks, Jeep, for sharing that story. Now, it's, you know, the reason, the reason I remember that so well is it was like one of the first times I, I can remember that I got really scared and I didn't know what to do. And also I remember that it, it's come to my mind recently as I've been thinking about when I was younger and the way I was thinking and, is I think it's a good picture. It's a really good picture of my way of thinking and the way I, the way I was thinking as I was I grew up into my twenties. Is you know there were decisions I had to make. I was trying to figure out what to do, and I just felt like I was tossing in the wave, tossing in the wave of all the voices around me giving advice, direction, uh, expectations that I felt, uh, comparisons with other people, and I just. And then, you know, just uh, my own desires, like what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. And I just, I just felt like I was just tossing in the waves. And I think that's a common experience for all of us in different areas of our lives. You know, there's areas of our lives that, that, are, that are thinking, the voices, the expectations, our desires just kind of throw us into a swirl. And we're trying to figure out really how to, how to handle that. 
And then there's also areas of our lives where we have some outcomes that we don't really like the way things are turning out. And what I want to share this morning, you know, God really, he desires more than that for us this morning. Um, but before, and I, I think God really has a message that, that he would like us to make sure that we know this morning. But before I share that, I want to lead into it the way he led into it when he wrote it down. And first thing, as I lead into this, this uh, message that I think God would really want us to know this morning, the first thing I would just point out is this is one of the few places in Scripture where God actually said, write this down. You know, it's like this is an area, it's in Isaiah 30, and uh, all Scripture is inspired by God, but there's a few places where God said, write this in a book, and that, this is one of those places. And it says, so the people forever can know really what I say here. And then right before this passage, just Isaiah 29 uh, at the very end of Isaiah 29, just as he leads into Isaiah 30, he says, he, he starts looking, God starts talking about the future. And as he looks into the future, he casts this statement about how things could be. And he, he ends, just before you go into Isaiah 30, there's this verse. There he kind of wraps up kind of like what the future could hold and what it's going to be like in the future. And I want to look at Isaiah 29, 24. It says, those who err in mind uh, will know the truth, and those who criticize will accept instruction. Now, I looked at, you know, look, you look up that phrase, err in mind, and that word err, what it means is it has a connotation of like wandering. So like this wandering in thinking. He says the people that, you know, they, they really were wandering in their thinking, but they're going to know the truth. They're going to actually understand and gain a real understanding of wisdom on how life works. And then he said, those who criticize will accept instruction. You know, when, when you criticize something, you kind of put yourself above it, and you kind of kind of cast judgment on it. And what he says is, you know, there's, there's going to be a time in the future when, when folks are not going to, like, set above what it is I say, but they're actually going to accept it and really listen and learn from it. And so this morning, as, as we continue on, I'd like us to all endeavor, like to just encourage us to endeavor to be the kind of, to be the people of the future that God was talking about back when he wrote this. And that we would really desire not to be wanderers in our thinking, but to know the truth. And really that we would really desire not to put ourselves above God's teaching and criticize, but really receive his instruction and learn from him. So, as, so I wanted, So this is, so he kind of builds up, God builds up to this, and then he kind of just lays it on us. He's like, this is what I want you to know. And this, uh, and he, what we find is that what God wants us to know, it's the help that he wants to give us. It's the engagement that he wants to have in our life. And I want us to look at Isaiah 30, 21. It says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Does that sound kind of familiar? I think I kind of, you know, I'm starting to call this my Mandalorian verse. But, you know, this, that is really what God desires to do is to show us the way. And I looked up the meaning of that word, the way, because I'm not a scholar, but I have software. Um, so you look up the word, the way, it, what it means is it's a habitual way of living. It's a course of life. It's a road to stay on. It's fixed. It's, it's a way. 
And walk, when you look at the word walk, it means, it means simply to go or to move. And figuratively, it means behavior, like behaving. And so in this verse, really, when he says walk, he means walk is the way you're che- currently choosing to live in the present moment. Walk is wh- how you're currently choosing to live in the present moment. So this is the way, walk in it. You know, choose to live and walk in the way. Now, God, God's the one who created life. He's the, he's the one who knows completely how life works. And he desires, what this is showing us is God desires to walk so closely with us that as we wander, because he says, as you turn to the right or the left, it's kind of like you're kind of one of the gamut. As we wander, he can really point us and direct us in the way life works. And this is the way, walk in it. So how do you go from the swirling of our thinking, of the voices and expectations, to connect to this life of guidance that God offers? Well, I, one thing I would say, I would say it, it's the same way, very much the same way as how I figured out how to get out of that wave, is when I was tossing in the wave, what I had to do was touch bottom. I had to orient myself. I had to stand up, and then I had to walk. And so you guys go ahead and go to the next slide. Those are listed on that next slide. And so that's, that's how you connect to God's guidance. And I'm going to go through that. You go, thanks, Jeep. I don't have any idea what that means. Well, we're going to walk through that. Um, the first one, you have to touch bottom. And what, what, I, what I mean by that is you have to find out what the truth really is. Uh, you, you have to, and then you, that's what you really have to orient yourself around is really what the truth is. And the same way, you know, I could never figure out what to do in that wave until I figured out where the bottom was. We need to find, figure out what the truth is. But to do that, we've got to get past. We, how do you get to that point? And you ha- one thing is you have to get past your own stubbornness and rebellion. They got that. We all got our back in the air like, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do. And we've got to get past that. So let's take a look at Isaiah 39 and 11. This is just before uh, the Mandalorian verse that we talked about. It says, God says, he's, he's talking about the people that are actually listening to him in the moment. Some of those people. And he says, for this is a rebellious people, false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instruction of the Lord. And then he has a quote. He says, get out of the way from them. Get out of the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. You know, if your response to this is the way is get out of the way, you're kind of done before you start. And that is something we got to make sure that we get past, is it's this is the way instead of get out of the way. And uh, when you, if you have that kind of response, you just don't want to listen, you just keep swirling. In fact, Peter, I mean, sorry, Paul kind of painted a picture of what that looks like in Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. Let's take a look at that. Paul said, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. That's the alternative, is when when you decide you're not going to follow what God says, not listen, the only other option on the table is just to be futile in your thinking, just, just the wave, it's the churn. And uh, you kind of just wind up somewhere. And God does not want that. And uh, we do not want that. So how do we connect? And so I'm gonna, we're going to go back and look at Isaiah 30. And I want to look at the few verses ahead of where he says this is the way. So let's, let's pull that up. 
Okay, this is talking about God when it says he. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will no longer hide himself. But your eyes shall see your teacher. And your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or to the left. What God is waiting for is our cry. God is waiting for our cry. That's, that's really what unlocks the grace and guidance that God really wants to give us. And really that, that, that cry is a cry for help. That, God, that, that cry is saying, God, I need you. It's, it's an acknowledgement that God is on the throne and he's the boss. It's an acknowledgement that he's the only one with the absolute understanding of how life works. And it's an acknowledgement that you really do need him. You need some input. You need to figure out what the truth is. Um, and then, one thing we see in that verse too is that God allows adversity and affliction as the outcomes of our current way of living. He allows, he allows adversity and affliction so that we come to the point that we know that we need him. And so what you'll find yourself, I, this is me, many times in my life I find myself coming up against going, this, I don't know what to do. And that, that's, that's God bringing you to the point where you say, God, I need you. And so then you're ready to listen. This allows us to listen to God and to give his voice the greatest weight in our life. So that's how you touch bottom. And then, then you have to orient yourself. Now, to orient yourself, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to, you have to figure out how you're going to implement what God says to do. You've got to figure out how you're going to change your life, change the way you've been, your approach to life, the approach to this area that you're trying to figure out so that it lines up with what God is saying is the truth. And uh, let's, let's say you, you, want, you need to make a change in your parenting. Um, I know I have three kids, and uh, many, many times you, you go for a while and you go, okay, we need to change something up. How do I figure this out? Well, we've got to change something up. We've got to change what we're doing. The outcomes are not what we want. And so, you know, you... Uh, what you do is you, you hear from God, you get some input from the scripture on that. You want to get some advice from godly parents, help you see how they've done it, how they've really put these things into practice and get some input from them. And then you want to orient yourself by talking to your, to your spouse. You want, to, you want to coordinate and talk with them and, and come to an alignment between the two of you. And then you want to talk to your kids. You want to kind of get them ready as to what, hey, you know, we're going to be changing this up. Here's why. This is why it's important. The lesson is that important. And just kind of talk with them and say, we're going to be changing the way we handle this because we need to make a change because this is really important. And you get everything lined up. And that's, you have to orient yourself and figure out how you're going to do what God says. And then once you listen and you've figured out how you're going to do it and you've oriented yourself, the next thing you have to do is stand up. And standing up is actually just following through and doing what God says. It's following through and doing what God says. You know, when I was a kid in the wave, if, if I had figured out where the bottom was and I figured I oriented myself to it, but I never stood up, I would have just been going back and forth in the surf for a while. I mean, uh, not much would have happened. There'd have been no real benefit to knowing where the bottom was. And that's what, you know, Jesus said in John 13. He said, if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. The benefit comes from actually doing what God says to do. And then the fourth thing is you then walk in the way. You then walk in the way. And as you begin to walk, 
your footsteps, the way you're currently living, begin to align with what God says to do and how he says to live in this area, you begin to find that really it's the way of well-being. You find, you find that as you walk with him, you have a greater sense of well-being in your life. And it's, it's really the way of confidence because you, be, you begin to be convinced that you're really headed the right direction. It's the way of confidence. It's the way of, it's the way of living an impactful life because you actually have things you can help other people with and you can actually share with them what the way is. And you can be like those other Mandalorians. This is the way. This is the way. You know, you can actually help the other people. And then it's also the way of peace in your thoughts. Um, one thing uh, in Isaiah fifty-seven twenty-one, it says, For the wicked are like the tossing sea, and it cannot be quiet. And its waters toss up refuse in mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Wicked are just folks that have decided not to figure God in at all. They say, get out of the way. There's no, so this is the way of peace. This is the way of rest and trust in God. It's the way of guidance. I'd like to look at uh, what, what God said in Isaiah 48. I'll put this up. This is a God quote, and he says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Um, he's, speaking, he's speaking to folks that weren't paying attention. And actually, when we talk about touching bottom, uh, orienting yourself, standing up and walking in the way, that's really what paying attention looks like. That's what he's talking about there. That's what paying attention looks like. And he says, if we pay attention, what happens is our well-being is like a river. It's just a river just has a source and it just continues to flow. And uh, that's really, I think, what, what we're all looking for is a sense of well-being in our life. So this is the way. And to really to, to walk in this way, you, like I said, you have to touch bottom, orient yourself, stand up, and then walk in the way. Now, to kind of make this make a little more sense, like experientially, what does this look like in the real world? What does it look like experientially? So I, I want to look at a scenario. I'm going to walk us through this as we get close to the end of the talk today. Let's say at work, your management at your company, they, they ask you to do something unethical. They ask you to do something that's unethical. Now, it's in a gray area, but it's kind of on the dark side of gray. And so it's kind of like, you know, boy, you're just kind of, you kind of struggle with what they said. You've got about two weeks before this is going to come to a head, but they've asked you to do something. It's unethical. And your first, as you begin to think about it, the first thought you have is this isn't right and I shouldn't do it. And then you start thinking about it and you go, well, what will, what will management think of me if I don't do it? <laughs> well, well what, wait a minute. My, my career advancement might be on the line here. And you start, you start thinking and then, well, what if they fire me? I mean, this, what if they went that far? What if I lost my job? And you start swirling. You start churning, and you just start trying to figure out how you're going to handle this. You have this situation. You've got to figure out how to handle it. It's, it's something you can't just wish away. You actually have to make a decision on it. And then God brings a mind to a verse that you've thought about before. It comes to your mind, Proverbs 10, 9, which I've thrown up on the board here. And he, it says, he who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. 
And, you know, that, that impacts you, and you think about that, and you go, boy, I think that's really right. And then you go, well, I know that's what it says. But that really isn't the way the business world works, is it, really? I mean, isn't that, this is kind of, I'm in a different arena, and you start, you start like churning and churning, and it becomes another voice in all the voices and all the factors you're thinking about. And then you start comparing what other people have done in your company. You go, man, actually, I can think of three other people that have done the same thing. This is, this is just kind of, this has happened. And then no one's had a problem in the past on this. And shoot, I've seen people do worse than this. You start, th- and you just, you're just churning, but your gut is churning. And you're trying to figure out, what in the world am I going to do? And then after a few days, you kind of you kind of get real sick of the churning, and you still have this thing you have this thing in front of you you have to decide on. And after a couple of days, um, you're really you're kind of overcome with angst about this decision. You come to the place where I don't know what to do, and I think I just it feels like bad things are going to happen no matter what I do. And and then you you meet with God in your quiet time, and you just kind of lay all the cards on the table. And you say, God, um, I need you. I need your help. I need to know what to do here. And I'm really concerned. I'm really scared about all the possibilities that could happen here. They really have no business putting me in this position, but I'm in it. God, what do I do? And you tell him, God, I'll follow you. I'll do what you say. I just need to understand the best way to handle this situation. And so you decide, I'm going to read Proverbs 10. I had that, I thought about that verse, I'm going to read Proverbs 10. And so you read through Proverbs 10 and you see the verse and you, and you think about it some more. And then you get to, you read a couple of verses into Proverbs 11. And then you see Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. And you feel like, you know, God, I asked you what I should do. And this seems really, in fact, you know, if you decide to live in integrity, it kind of clears up a lot of guidance issues. There's just a lot of guidance issues that get cleared up if you decide, I'm just going to walk with integrity on the way. And then you, as you're thinking about it, you choose, choosing to violate integrity is actually the very thing that's going to damage you at work. And everywhere. it's just, it's actually, even though it doesn't feel like in the moment, that's the danger. And, you, and, you, and you, all of a sudden, you touch bottom. And you realize that's what's going on here. And God, you've come to the place, you've listened to him, and you go, that's what the truth is here. And you begin to decide how you're going to orient yourself around that. And you get, and you decide you're not going to violate your integrity. Then you get some advice. You go talk to one of your godly friends. Um, just how do I approach management? Get some advice on how to approach management. And then, then you kind of rehearse what you're going to say to management. Because, you know, if you... You know, you walk in with a mic and go, not going to do it. <laughs> and you're like, well, there you go. You are fired. And so, you know, you, like how do you do this in such a way where you're not a rebel? You know, you want them to know you're concerned about the company. You want them to know this. So you rehearse through how can I share this in a way where it will make sense to them and they know where I stand in relation to the company. And uh, so you rehearse through that. And then you stand up. And what standing up looks like is you go to work. And you ratchet up your courage. You trust in God that this is the way. And you go down to the corner office and you knock on the door. 
don't know about you guys. When you do something like that, the lumps are there, and you're like, what was it I rehearsed? And you're like, okay, I got I to gotta walk in here. And you follow through. You follow through, and you tell management that you won't be doing that, and you tell them why. And they understand the reaction may not be, maybe it isn't great in the moment, uh, but you made it very clear. They understand where you're coming from. And then the fourth thing you do is you walk into the future. You, you've you decided to walk in the way. Now you're walking into the future. And over time, what you do is you experience the truth of Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. And that's, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. You realize over time you begin to see that your reputation has gone up in the eyes of management. You you begin to realize they actually are entrusting me with things because they know that when push comes to shove, when the pressure's on, I'll do the right thing. And you begin to see your reputation go up. So the very thing you are afraid of that you were swirling about by just knowing where bottom was and walking in the way you actually begin to make real progress at work and move towards greater responsibility. Now, I've, uh, I've actually lived this. You know, this, uh, I come up with my scenarios all the time. This, this, I've lived this, and this is exactly how it turned out for me. And the reason I share that is because sometimes on the front end we go, well, is this the way? The way you find out this is the way is more on the back end you have to, you have to uh, orient yourself, touch bottom, you have to uh, stand up, and then you find out over time that, man, that was the way. And you become convinced to really listen to God in every area. Now, as we, can, as we close today, maybe, maybe today your swirl that you're going through is just raising your kids. Um, maybe you've taken in some guidance from Scripture. Maybe there are some voices from culture that are that are coming in and you're, you're just trying to figure this out, you're kind of churning on. Maybe there's some child psychology courses that you've taken and you're just, there's just so many things. You're churning and churning and there's different fears that you have. And right now the, fir- the swirl is in full swing, but the outcomes aren't going very well right now. You know, as you look around, you go, you know, the outcomes aren't going very well. I really need help. Well, just remember in the midst of that, in the midst of that, God wants to say to you and to me, this is the way. This morning, maybe, maybe your swirl is a conflict in your relationships. You know, uh, maybe, you know, you've taken in some guidance from Scripture. You have some thoughts on Scripture. Um, but there's really some hurt involved. They've done something that's really hurt you. And you know, you know, I'm supposed to forgive them, but, you know, if, if I do that, they'll never know how, how bad this was. And, you know, they need to hurt too so that they know how bad this hurt me. And then, well, if I move towards them first, then I'm going to be really weak. They're going to look really weak to me. They're gonna look very, I'm going to look very weak to them. And the swirl is in full swing. And these may not, I may not have hit the tags on, on how you're feeling, but the swirl is in full swing and the outcomes are just not going well for you right now. In the midst of that, God wants to say, this is the way. So whatever difficulty you're facing today, no matter what decision you have in front of you, whatever you're swirling about today, 
Whatever difficult outcomes you're facing based on the way you've been approaching life to this point, God is right in the middle of your situation. He wants to give you the guidance you need, and he wants you to hear him say, this is the way, walk in it. And so I would, I would encourage each one of us just to spend some time this week and just think through some outcomes that are happening right now in your life and just and pick something that you really think, I need to really work on that because things just aren't really going the way that I think should happen, and we're not enjoying this. And then I would encourage you to make the decision to touch bottom by listening to him. Orient yourself by changing your current approach just to align with the truth and then to stand up by following through and doing what God says and then walk in the way because on that path, that path is the life that yields the life of God, the life that God really wants for us. That's the path. And he strongly desires for us to take it. So with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us, and the band's going to come back up, and uh, then we'll, uh, we'll continue on with a few more songs. Dear God, Father, uh, very grateful to you that you did not leave us untethered in the dark, but God, that you strongly desire to move towards us in relationship and in guidance. And God, I pray, I pray that each one of us would hear you today and that we would take you at your word, get involved with you, listen to you, and really figure out how we put that into practice, and you give us the lives that you've always desired for us. In Jesus' name, amen. going to sing some songs um, really just for singing Hosanna God saved now and so for whatever as Jeep was saying that you're going through whatever churn you're going through um, feel free to reflect feel free to sing feel free to, to pray and to cry out to God we're going to sing some songs asking the Lord to save and to come and to help us Chose the road that led to suffering. But nothing was spared to prove your love for me. You're the mystery. Through your final breath became eternity. We had lost forever you redeemed. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest forever. Hosanna, Hosanna.
Lord, we praise you. We lift our lives up to you, Lord. Help us to walk in your ways. And may we hear your voice. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>